0: ...on the last of them all, the Blessed Prophet Muhammad To continue with this exciting, intriguing, extremely important subject of God and Magab, Yajuj and Mantuj. We have given you two akhadiq to hold on. <coughs> And uh, all of these ahadiths you will find in the text Jerusalem in the Quran, the chapter on Gog and Magad. The first hadith that Gog or Ya'juj is an ummah of Banu Adam. Is an ummah of Banu Adam. Therefore, human beings you and I are human beings. <laughs> Ma'juj or oh Magad or oh Megad is an Ummah of Banu Adam and therefore also human beings. <clears throat> the two are linked to each other grammatically uh, in the active and passive sense. English grammar. As we proceed with the subject we will understand that Gog and Magog are linked to Dajjal in that Gog is his right hand and Magog is his left hand. He operates in tandem with Gog and Magog. The second hadith was a hadith al-Qudsi, that is the direct speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from Sahih Muslim. It's a very long hadith. (coughs) I have created creatures of mine, so powerful, that none but I, in fact none but I can describe them. Before we proceed with the subject of Zul and his journeys, I want to introduce you to another hadith. This one is located in Sahih Bukhari and it is repeated four times in Sahih Bukhari. I believe you have all four versions in the book. (coughs) Yawul Qiyamah has come to an end. The resurrection has taken place and it is the time of the judgment and mankind are to be sent either to heaven or to hell. At that time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to Adam alayhi salam and says to him take out or separate the people for the hellfire. (laughs) MashaAllah. I made it and Brother Nizam also made it. We both have the same virus. (coughs) Take out separate the people for the hellfire. It's a strange request that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should ask Adam alayhi salam to do that. Adam alayhi salam then responds and he asks, O Allah, how many are they for the hellfire? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then answers and he says, Out of every one thousand, take nine hundred and ninety-nine for the hellfire. When this was related to the companions of the Prophet, a.s. A.s., they were shivering with fear when the fear of Allah is in the heart. Then it causes these tremors. It causes the tears to come from their eyes. So when they began to display this great fear, the Prophet wasallam, smiled and he said, Bushra <coughs> alakum." good news, blood tidings for you. The one for Jannah would be from you. Meaning someone who follows the religion of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam which is the religion of Nabi Isa Which is the religion of Nabi Musa Which is the religion of Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam the one for Jannah would be from you. But he then went on to say that the nine hundred and ninety-nine <coughs> would all be Juj. Ahl means the family. That the nine hundred and ninety-nine would all be carbon copies, carbon copies of Gag and Maga. I don't believe that we are required to understand and interpret this hadith with any sense of mathematical precision. Rather, I believe that the hadith is sending the mother of all warnings. And if that warning is received and then acted upon, then the hadith has impacted upon us in the proper way. (coughs) Let us now return to our subject with these three akhadis. Ask him about the great traveler who traveled to the two ends of the earth. If he can answer this question plus the other two, then he is indeed a true prophet. If not, then he is a a rogue and you can form your opinion about him. To which the Quran responded, this is our last class, and the question be about Zul And we said that the word qarn has two possible meanings. What are they? Anybody? Yes, Imam? Two possible meanings for the word Qarn. Two ages or two horns. That is Qarnain. Qarn is one. nine, two. But when the Quran uses the word Qarn, there are at least twenty times in the Quran, that the word "karn" is used. What does it mean? An age. The Quran has never used the word "karn" to mean horn. And so, our natural inclination should be to understand the word "karn" not as two horns, but as two ages. A man. <coughs> A man who impacts upon two ages. One in the past, one to come. In the last class we saw him as someone who has been blessed by Allah with power. The power to be able to pursue any effort he chose to pursue. And therefore the power to be able to dismiss any rival or any combination of rivals. And so the ruling power in the world. In the last class we saw. The Dhulkar Had power which rested on the foundations of. Faith. In our world. And in the last class the Quran gave us a beautiful description. That when you have a world Order in which power, power, supreme power in the world, rests on the foundations of (coughs) faith. How would that power be used? Hmm? On the first journey, in the direction of the setting of the sun, therefore, west, we saw where Zulkarnain declared that he would use power to punish the oppressor, the one who committed a volume <coughs> volume is oppression, it is injustice, it is wickedness. And so whosoever is unjust, He's an oppressor, Is wicked in his conduct, I'll use my power to punish him. And when he returns to you, you will also punish him. In consequence of which, when power rests on the foundations of faith, there will be an essential harmony between the world order here and the world there. He then went on to say that those who have faith and whose conduct is righteous will be rewarded and will treat them nicely. And so power, when it rests on the foundations of faith, is used to support, to support a people who would live lives of faith and of righteousness. What a wonderful world that could have been. And then he traveled in the opposite direction of the rising of the sun. And the Quran is very sparse in its use of language. Amazingly sparse. He came across a people. Lam for whom we had provided nothing beyond the bare elements. And so a people living at a subsistence level, where is tomorrow's meal going to come from? They and the birds are in the same way. But even though they are living in that subsistence level, it can still be a happy life. I told you my wife and I went to Bangladesh in uh, in last uh, last year April one year ago, and then <coughs> they took us on a drive <coughs> way down to the south to the sea, the Cox's Bazaar. And when we reached there, we found the Burmese Muslim refugees who had fled from persecution in Burma and they were living on the seashore as refugees and they were living off the sea their meals, their subsistence everything came from the sea and they had little shacks on the beach and I looked at these young boys in the morning six, seven o'clock in the morning playing in the sea and the the, the skill with which they were collecting uh, seashells. And I said to myself, what a wonderful life these fellows have. They must enjoy this life that they have, day after day like this. And so, you do not come into such a society of people living in a subsistence level and then introduce McDonald's mm-hmm. hamburgers, and give them (coughs) give them Mercedes Benz and air conditioning. If you do that you will disrupt their way of life in a manner which would be potentially disastrous for them. The Zulkarnayn had the good sense the wisdom and the compassion to leave them in that state in which they were until such time as he could intervene in appropriate way, and then he travelled in a third direction. So when power rests on the foundations of faith, power responds with compassion to those who are. You want to hear the word squatters? who have nowhere else to turn. Power responds with compassion to a people who have become sardines in a world of sharks. (coughs) Then Zulkarnain traveled in a third direction. But the rabbis had only asked about two. Allah knew that they wanted to know whether Nabi Muhammad knew about the third. That's why they asked about the two. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds by telling them about the third. He travels in a direction which we can calculate would we'll be north. Later on we'll calculate it for you, inshallah. And there he comes across a pass between two mountain ranges. (coughs) Some 50 years after the hijrah, the Khalifa would send an expedition of Muslims which would include some of the companions of the Prophet to go find that mountain pass. And they went and they found it. And they came back to report that he was located in the Caucasus mountains. Uh, when he reached to this pass between the two mountain ranges, he came across a people, لا يكادون يفقهون قولا A people whose language could not be understood. Now, there's a very important message here. A people whose language could not be understood by a world traveler, a world traveler, who would have in his armed forces with him people who would know all the languages with which they had encountered in their travels. A people whose language could not be understood indicates a people who had never interacted with the rest of the world. A people who had never walked on the stage of history. An unknown people. So not China, because China is a famous civilization. Not Babylon, not Egypt, not Mexico, not Africa. It has to be an unknown actor who never walked on the stage of history. Who are these people? After they had acquired the capacity to communicate, then these people spoke to zulqarnain and said to him, <coughs> <coughs> The Gog and Magog are committing fasad in our territory. Fasad, fasad is to corrupt, to destroy. They are committing fasad in our territory. These are a a wicked people. To be corrupting and destroying everything they touch. Can you help us? We prepared to pay. هَلْ نَجْعَلُ لَكَ A tribute. We prepared to pay. Can you build a barrier between us and them that we may be protected from these wicked people? This is a strange request because Zulkarnain has been endowed with the power to pursue any objective he chose to pursue. He is the ruling power in the world. It is indicative of the fact that these people recognize that the power of God and Magog is such that Zulkarnain himself he cannot defeat and destroy them. Strange. What kind of response would Zulkarnain now give? Would he say to them oh I don't need to build any barrier. I'll just move in with my arm first. I'll finish them off. He just knew that. <coughs> he says what Suleiman alayhi salam had said When Queen Bilkis had offered all that wealth to him, gold and silver and jewelry and so on, you remember the story? Zulkarnayn responds with the same answer as Sulaiman alayhi salam is coming. What my Lord has given me is more precious than anything you can offer. Help me with manpower. I need. Manpower. Bring me <coughs> Zubarul Hadid. Bring me blocks of iron and steel. Hadid. There is a surah of the Quran for Al Hadid, and in that surah, Maulana. For Rahman Ansari, if you have his Quranic foundations and structure of Muslim society, go down to the index at the back and look for the word "iron," and you find a reference. <laughs> Maulana Ansari, Rahimahullah, points to a verse in Surah Al-Hadid. I think it's about Surah number fifty-seven, somewhere around there, in which Allah says, "Wa anzalna and we sent down Hadid. We sent down Hadid فِيه Fibaqsun شَدِيدٌ That in Hadid there is tremendous power ta- وَمَنَافِعُ Feolinas. And in Hadid that there is also that which is of great benefit for mankind building bridges George Washington Bridge Power Ba'as But the Quran also uses the word Ba'as for power in the military sense of the word for making war So in iron there is Ba'as and there is manafir that which is beneficial. Sari <coughs> <coughs> so points out, he said that the possibility exists that Allah is explaining to us when He says that He put down iron, that this metal did not constitute part of the original uh, resources of the earth. No. Rather that iron had come down from above, maybe a meteorite had come and hit the earth, and with it, iron came. This is a, an observation on the part of Molana Ansari, Rahim Allah. Allah knows best. Bring me blocks of iron. Atuni Zubarul Then with the manpower, he. He used these blocks of iron to build a wall, a barrier, with block upon block upon block upon block. When the barrier had been built, he then said, <coughs> "Blow with your bellows," meaning build a furnace, and then use copper to make. To melt it to become molten copper. And then he said, I will now pour the molten copper on the barrier built with blocks of iron. The engineers explained to me, we have some engineers here now, that uh, this will prevent rust. When uh, that barrier was built then Zulkarnain declared that Gog and Magog could neither penetrate the barrier nor could they scale the barrier and so they are effectively contained behind the barrier and so the world is safe of these powerful people whose power is such that it is equivalent to the power of Zulkarnay. But when they are released they will take control of the world. No combination of power in the world. None will be able to stand up to them. They will become the ruling force in the world whenever they are released. And when they are released, they will use their power to make all mass. So Zulkarnain says, Hada This barrier <coughs> this barrier which has been built by Allah's kindness. This is Rahmah from Allah. Allah's kindness. فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعَدُ رَبِّي But when that time comes of which my Lord has warned, when that moment arrives in the historical process, جَعْلَهُ Allah is going to bring down the barrier. وَكَانَ وَعَدُ rabbi حَقَّهُ And when Allah brings down the Maria, <coughs> then the warning of my Lord will come to pass. وَتَرَقْنَا بَعَدَهُمْ يَوْمَ إِذٍ يَمُوْجُ ثِيبًا When Allah brings down the barrier, then on that day Gog and Magog will begin to to sally forth like waves one after the other and they will be crashing into each other and so there will be conflict everywhere. There will be Crisis everywhere. There would be fighting everywhere. There would be killing everywhere. There would be bloodshed everywhere. There would be corruption everywhere. There would be wickedness everywhere. There would be oppression everywhere. <coughs> وَطَرَطْنَا بَعْدَهُمْ يَوْمَئِذٍ يَمُوْجُ فِي بَعْءٍ وَنُفِقَ فِي السُّورِ When Allah brings down the barrier, then the trumpet will be sounded. But we go ahead. (laughs) When the trumpet is sounded, now listen. (laughs) فَجَمَعَنَاهُمْ جَمَعًا in consequence of Gog and Magog being released, eventually all of mankind will be brought together in one global society. Is the Quran beginning to explain to you the world in which you live today? فَجَلْعَنَاهُمْ جَمْعًا We will bring all of mankind together as one jana'ah, one global society. (coughs) وَأَعَدْنَا (coughs) جَهَنَّمَ يَوْمَئِذٍ لِلْكَفِرِينَ أَرْضًا As that global society progresses, all of mankind being brought together, a way of life will be presented before mankind in which those who are to wish to see can see this is Jahannam. الَّذِينَ كَانَتْ أَعْيُنُهُمْ فِي عَنْ ذِكْرِ These people who ought to be able to see, wait a minute, but this is Jahannam in here, before be us today, but they can't see it, because their eyes have been veiled from the zikr of Allah. And they were incapable of hearing. They were incapable of seeing, meaning seeing with the internal sight. They were incapable of hearing, meaning hearing with the internal faculty of hearing. (coughs) This is the passage of Surah Tulka. Now, before we before we turn to examine when will Allah bring down the barrier, let us look in a preliminary way at what the world is going to be like eventually when Allah brings down the barrier in and, and Magaga released. Number one. <coughs> Power will eventually now be seized in the world by a people whose power will be such that no combination of rivals in the whole world can stand up to them. They will have absolute control over the world the land, the sea the end. Arnold Toynbee wrote an article way back in 19... must have been the 1920s or the 1930s and I have a copy of that article. And Arnold Toynbee declared that mankind should know that Western civilization has embarked upon an effort to take complete control over the whole world the land, the sea, the air these are his words mm. <coughs> and indeed they have done that when Gagana Gaga released not only would the world witness this unique unprecedented power by one people but it would be a people who hitherto had never walked on the stage of war. No. When China was a great civilization and Babylon was a great civilization these people were living as wild tribes. Hmm? <coughs> when gagan and Maga released and the world witnesses a people, one people, with two faces, wielding this unprecedented power, the world is going to also witness that power now rests on foundations which are exactly the opposite of the men. His was power resting on the foundations of faith. And this is power resting on foundations which are essentially godless. Because 999 out of every 1000 will enter into the hell fire. And they are all ahluya jujjumajjuj. Carbon copies of carbon macabre. And so they have a way of life. A way of life which they seek relentlessly to universalize, to embrace all of mankind in that way of life, which is essentially godless. Power now rests not only on foundations which are essentially godless, power is used to corrupt everything, including religion. Instead of power being used to punish the oppressor, power will now be used to oppress. <coughs> instead of power being used to reward those who have faith and whose conduct is righteous, power is now used to wage war on the believers. Those who have faith and whose conduct would be righteous. And then the other direction to the East. When power now rests on foundations which are essentially godless and corrupt, that power will be used to now intervene wherever on the face of the earth people live in a primitive state. People live at a subsistence level, living off the land, living off the rivers. And these people are going to be mercilessly attacked. These people, <coughs> instead of Zulkarnain showing wisdom, showing compassion, by preserving their indigenous way of life, power will now be used to destroy and to corrupt. And so you will see these people the primitive peoples of the earth being killed like cockroaches mercilessly. And those who survive you will see them being put in settlements in reservations. And the way of life that they used to have is taken away from them. And now they live with blue jeans, and McDonald's hamburgers, drinking alcohol and gambling as a way of life. Hmm. I went to Australia twice. I was taken to Canberra for a lecture. And then before the lecture we had some time so they said, let's take you for a drive. And they took me to the new parliament building. Canberra is the capital of Australia. Sparkling, beautiful white building. (coughs) Across the road from the new Australian parliament building in the gardens there was a shack Like we used to see in Shantitong. We're too too small to know about Shantitong. A real Shantitong shack. And that shack was constructed in the park. And there was a big sign there saying, Parliament of the Aborigines. The original inhabitants of Australia. Meaning, that's their parliament, the white power structure which came and took over this country and used their power to oppress us, this is ours. Around the world today, the evidence is mounting around the world that the indigenous way of life is disappearing the primitive way of life is disappearing. Wherever in the world, power is used to impact upon them. <coughs> and so the world is going to witness pain upon tragedy, pain upon pain, suffering upon suffering. When and Magag are released. Now let me go to one more hadith. You don't have to take notes because all of this is in the book. All of mankind will suffer. Yes, when Gaga and Magaga released, but one people will suffer more than all the rest put together. Who are they? When you see these people suffering, unprecedented suffering. The worst oppression that history would ever witness. You know, is Gagan Magal. Let's come to the hadith. <coughs> the Prophet ﷺ is asleep. The home of his wife, Zainab radiallahu ta'ala anha. This hadith is located in Sahih Bukhari how many times? Come on somebody here. No, that's the one about 999. This one is located in Sahih Bukhari eight times from four different chains of narrators. So mutawatir. <coughs> the Prophet is a state the home of his wife Zainab radiallahu wa ta'ala and, and he sees something in his sleep. When we see something while we are sleeping, it's called a dream. When we see something when we are not asleep, it's called a vision. He wakes up from his sleep. Whatever he has seen is something so frightful, so terrible, so terrifying that the face of the messenger of Allah became red like a cherry. Imagine that, whatever he saw. And as he woke up from his sleep, he uttered these famous words that every Arab knows. He said, Wailular, woe unto the Arabs, Min Taraba, because of a great evil which is now approaching. <coughs> <coughs> then he raised his hands like this and he made a circle with his fingers. And he said, today, a hole has been made in the burial, made by Zulkarni. This is not the size of the hole. This is only symbolic of the hole. The minute he makes the statement that a hole has been made, the implication is that Allah has made the hole. The minute he makes the statement that this evil will now come upon you, the implication is that Allah is bringing down the barrier. And so when the barrier comes down and God and Magab are released, all of mankind are going to be attacked. All of mankind will suffer. But one people would suffer the most. Who are they? The Arabs. The Arabs. Brothers and sisters, that is the world today. As plain as daylight, that is the world today. (coughs) When did Allah bring down the barrier? Uh, The companions were sitting talking amongst themselves. When he, the messenger of Allah, passed by and asked, what are you talking about? And they said, we're talking about the signs of Qiyamah. And then he said Qiyamah would not come, Yawmul Qiyamah would not come until ten. Ten signs appeared. Number one, Dajjal. Gog and Magog number 3, the return, the son of Mary number 4, Dukhan number 5, Dabatul Ard number 6, the sun will rise from there, west number 7, 8 and 9, three movements of the earth, three landslides, the earth opening and swallowing what it swallows, one in the east, one in the west and one in Arabia, and that one in Arabia is linked with Imam al-Mahdi, And number ten, that the fire would come out of Yemen and drive mankind to the place of assembly, which is Arafat. These are the ten signs of Qiyamah, major signs. There are numerous, numerous, minor signs. (coughs) When Allah brings down the barrier, the implication would be that Yawmul Qiyamah has commenced. How long will Yawmul Qiyamah last? How long will a day last? We don't know. A day with Allah could be a thousand years, remember? A day with Allah could be fifty thousand years, a day with Allah could be a hundred years, a day with Allah could be three hundred years, so we don't know. But once Allah brings down that barrier, The implication is that Yawmul Qiyamah has commenced. And so the release of Dajjal takes place. The release of Gag and Magog takes place. When did this happen? One of the most important points made in the book, Jerusalem in the Quran, is this point. That what Banu Israel had committed awesome facade in the Holy Land. Fasad. facade Fasad in the Holy Land. On the first occasion Allah punished them, Babylon. On the second occasion Allah punished them with a Roman army. Threw them out. The Holy Land. But when he threw them out, <coughs> this is after they boasted of how they killed him. Hmm? When they saw him die on the cross, we've killed him. Did he die? No, he did not. No, he did not. But Allah made appearance and reality to be opposite to each other. And now they're thrown out of the Holy Land, broken up into bits and pieces. I lectured on this subject several times already. You may have heard me. Then Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala declared, Asa rabbukum Even though you have committed mountain of sins, wickedness, even though you've done this, it is still possible that your Lord can have mercy on you. Banu Israeli. Asa Rabbukum but the Quran went on to declare that there was only one door to mercy. And that door to mercy was a nabi ummi That Nabi who would come, who would not be a Jew. He would be Gentile. Nabi-ul-Ummi. <coughs> when, <we coughs> when we use the word Ummi, we generally understand someone who cannot read and cannot write. But when a Jew uses the word Ummi, as the Jews use it in the Quran, they don't mean that. They mean someone who is not a Jew. Hmm? Ummi. And so when that Prophet comes, who would not be a Jew, this is at the end of Surah Al-A'raf. If you accept him and believe in him and follow him and obey him and honor him and respect him and assist him, then Allah will have mercy on you. But if you reject him, then the one door to mercy will be closed. And once the one door to mercy is closed, the implication would be the divine punishment will now commence. And divine punishment can only commence when Yawm al-Qiyamah has commenced. And so when Nabi Muhammad arrived in Medina and met the largest and most influential community of Jews and of rabbis in the world, in Medina, it was one of the most dramatic moments in Jewish history. All the heavens are watching. Will they accept him? And earn Allah's mercy? Or will they reject him? And then the one door to mercy will be closed. And Yawmul Qiyamah will commence. I have spoken at some length on this subject. But on Saturday, today is Thursday, yeah. Saturday night in uh, Montrose we're going to go over this one more time if this throat at mine this cough helps me <coughs> the Prophet to did a number of things when he arrived in Medina which should have convinced them. he could not have been other than a Prophet of Allah number one he prayed in the direction of the Qibla number two He fasted with them in accordance with the law of fasting in the Torah. Number three, he enforced to their surprise the law which they were not themselves enforcing, which was a law in the Torah, a punishment for adultery, stoning to death. This should have convinced them. Here was evidence as dazzling as the sunshine. This man could not be other than a graphical but no, they still rejected him. Why did they reject him? My answer, you'll find it in my book, The Religion of Abraham and the State of Israel, a view from the Quran. My answer is this they had to reject Nabi Muhammad a.s. because if they accepted that he was indeed a true prophet. The implication would be that the Torah was filled with lies. The two were incompatible with each other. Where was the incompatibility? Read that book and you will see it. And so they rejected. (coughs) The rejection was manifest by the 17th month in Medina. It was at that moment when the rejection was manifest that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala acted. Number one, He changed the Qibla. Turn away from that Qibla. Turn to this one in Makkah. A new Qibla. That one is mansukh. Mansukh is not some Syrian fellow in Boris Benin. Abrogated. Cancelled. He changed the law of fasting. <coughs> that law is now mansukh, replaced with this law. He changed the punishment for adultery and fornication, zina. The old law is now mansukh, abrogated it is replaced completely and totally with a new law. And the new law is a public flogging. And if anyone has any doubts about that, go to Mawlana Ansari's Quranic Foundations and Structure of Muslim Society and see what he says about the law. <coughs> it is at this time that the Prophet has the dream. And so it is at this time but the door to mercy was closed. That Allah brought down the barrier, and so the release of Gog and Magog took place in the lifetime of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Previous classes, we we gave the evidence that Dajjal was released about the same time. Mm-hmm. When we come back next week, we will now attempt. The fascinating effort to try to identify them, God and mother to try to identify them. Insha'Allah.